Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. When it comes to health, modern medicine is a good news, bad news situation. The good news is that it can bring healing in many, many areas. It can save lives and restore vitality like nothing else. The bad news is that in many, many other areas, it simply doesn't work. It might make you feel better, but it doesn't make you better. Knowing the difference between those areas is the focus of our next two programs. Our guest today is Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program and the bearer of both good and bad news. Dr. Deal, you recently wrote a very well-received article on this topic, and I'd like for you to share with us some of the insights you brought to your readers in that article. Well, good to talk to you, Charles. The publishers approached me and said that they were having about a 100 physician, medical people, health professionals, authors, write each one a chapter in a book called Rethink Health. Mm. Rethink Health. And they took the position that the data is sufficiently strong today to recommend to the American people and anybody else for that uh, to focus more on foods as grown. Uh, That is plant-based foods as grown, to Uh eat more foods as they come in nature. And so they approached me and asked me if I would write a chapter, probably five, six pages, and I... uh, wrote the chapter, Treating Chronic Diseases, Mm -hmm. The Limitations and Opportunities of Modern Medicine. And uh, the book just came out. The editor wrote to me and he said, uh, your chapter is number one because you lay the foundation very, very well. And of course, I immediately showed it to my wife and said, (laughs) look at this. And I sent copies to my kids. It's that kind of a thing. You know, it's a wonderful moment when something gets published and apparently it finds approval. So I wanted to talk uh, with you today about, uh, yeah, what are the limitations of modern medicine? Somebody even said we're basically impotent Mm -hmm. as a medical care system in dealing with chronic disease, Mm -hmm. right? And chronic disease has to do with diseases that are hanging around. Uh, they are uh, long-term diseases. They take us where we are, and then they move us gradually on the slippery slope down to the very last step, right, without really any clear indications that modern medicine in most of these diseases can really turn this thing around because we begin to understand that these are diseases largely related to our lifestyle, our personal choices that we make. And people do not want to hear this, Dr. Deal. They want to go to the doctor and they want to get fixed. They want to know that whatever they do to themselves, there is a hospital room, a clinic, there is a physician ready to make right what we've done wrong to ourselves. So people don't want to hear this. I understand. You know, we want the magic pill, we want the magic procedure, and we don't have to take any responsibility. I sometimes tell people, hey, I have good news for you and bad news, and that is you can reverse most of these chronic diseases by making some simple lifestyle changes, and uh, they say, oh, really, we can reverse heart disease, we can reverse diabetes, yes, we can reverse sleep apnea, we can reverse, yeah, gallstones, all of these kind of things. And then I say, but the bad news is you have to do it. Mm. 
and then all of a sudden you can see the lights are turning off. <laughs> we want simple answers. You mean I have to work at this? It. I have to do That's something? Right. Oh, no, not right, that. Right, 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 right. Oh. And you see about 84% of the U.S. healthcare budget today is spent on chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. You know, we are learning now that we must simply go beyond the medical management of the symptoms of these chronic diseases. Yeah, we can do some nice things. When you have heart disease, we can give you nitroglycerin, and you no longer have the angina pain subsist. When it hits you, you take a nitro, and within two or three minutes, you know, the pain is gone, and you feel, ah, thanks to the medication. Yet, we don't understand that this is just taking care of the symptom, the disease process, actually continues unabatedly. And so I think the concern that I have is that we must, in medicine, go beyond merely treating the symptoms of these diseases. We need to go and find a cure, and that cure is not going to be found in a medical armamentarium where the physicians, by and large, are very limited in their time that they have for you as a patient. Mm -hmm. You know, most patients, they may get 8 to 10 minutes from a physician, and it's not that the physician doesn't want to give them more time. It's just that the system in which the physician works usually specifies the amount of time that can be spent on a patient. Mm -hmm. So in 8 minutes, you have to diagnose the ill, you have to match them with a pill, and you have to send them home with a bill. That's eight <laughs> minutes, you see. And so that is not really working very well when it comes to these chronic diseases because they are usually very complicated in that they relate to choices that people make. And so the answer then really would have to come from uh, education and motivation and inspiration, and, you know, you just can't do it in eight minutes. And, you know, let me tell you a little bit about how I see this whole yes, medical thing, yes, uh, yes. where we are. So when, when it comes to these chronic diseases which consume 84% of our medical dollars in America. When it comes to these diseases, where it involves really education and cultural transformation, really, the medical establishment doesn't quite know what to do because their purpose is to treat disease. Their purpose is to treat illness, and they have eight minutes to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so physicians basically go through many years of training to learn the best ways science know how to treat disease. Mm -hmm. So when we visit them as patients, we hope they will show us the best road to wellness. We trust them to know things we do not know and to hold only our best interest at heart. But hmm, we begin to realize that when it comes to the diagnosis that is being made, whether it's uh, heart disease or cancer or diabetes, usually the doctor's recommendations are centering around aggressive surgery, aggressive radiation, chemotherapy, uh, powerful uh, pharmacological agents. You know, that's what we do. That's what they've been trained to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, And, you know, we have no issue with the fact that the vast majority of doctors are accomplished professionals who I think sincerely seek the best for their patients and pursue that goal as best that they can based on their medical training that they have. But that medical training usually is that you have to diagnose the ill, we can do a good job there, match it with the pill, we have the pharmacological things, or have a procedure, and that's it, Mm -hmm. right? And so my concern is that probably any group uh, that knows best, doctors can be blind 
to other options that might be more viable than their own skills and tools. Doctors believe so firmly that the drugs that I have and the procedures that I can recommend, this is what it is. That's what I've been done. That's what I've been trained to do. I've worked on this for the last 20, 30 years. And yet, when it comes to chronic disease, it doesn't really work very well. It works very well when you have an infectious disease. You take a pill an antibiotic, and in seven, ten days, it's done. Wow, the power of medicine, right? And so that then gives the doctor sort of a halo. Doctors have uh, incredible powers to take care of things. When you have a broken leg, I mean, don't talk to me and say, hey, what kind of a broccoli should I eat or tofu? (laughs) No, 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 no. You go and see the best emergency room orthopedist. You go to the best hospital, and you have the thing fixed. And, you know, that's where the power oftentimes comes from, that we believe that the doctor knows best, and the doctors actually has that conviction him or herself. And so in the process, the doctors become blinded to other options that are now available. And among those kind of options are education, empowerment of patients, but that is not very much in the armamentarium. There's not really much in the toolbox of the doctor. Some of these doctors actually use their power advantage, you know, that we know best to bully and to silence skeptical patients who might want to explore holistic methods of healing. And so as a result, the patients usually feel that drugs and surgery, maybe that's really the best, but after all, the doctors must be right. And here's what I'm saying. I'm not so sure that that's the only answer. We have to be careful that we don't utilize our position of uh, expertise and power and doctors know best. We have to make sure that we don't use it to bully patients into overlooking other options that for the chronic diseases might be much more effective. You know, because if a doctor were to say, you know, patient, you're absolutely right. Uh, Maybe changing your diet will help you. A little more exercise. This is amazing stuff. They're basically saying, I didn't know that. And no one likes to say that, especially doctors who we are paying to know things. What they know is how they make a living. And so by them saying, I did not know that, they're throwing their own credibility down a few notches by simply making that statement. No, that's very, very true. That is one of the problems, really. I mean, it's true, uh, the accomplishments of modern medicine have been really prodigious. I mean, we have seen the development of proton accelerators that can zap cancers. We have surgical robots that can be employed in performing coronary repair surgeries. We have advances in molecular biology and genetics that can open doors to amazing new worlds. And yet, you know, uh, we don't recognize sometimes with a sense of humility, that all these advances in high-tech medicine to take care of acute and uh, infectious diseases mm-hmm. have not changed at all the advances of our molecular disease. We are basically helpless. Uh, we are, as physicians, as, as medical people, we're basically impotent mm-hmm. in dealing with these chronic diseases to turn them around and to cure them. What are you going to do for heart disease? Yeah. What are you going to do for most of the cancers that we have in adults? What are you going to do for diabetes? Oh, we can do some surgeries. We can buy some time. We can give some medications. But it doesn't really cure the problem because when it comes to heart disease, the bypass is going to clog up again. The stents are clogging up at a a very predictable uh, rate, actually. The medications, they always have side effects. So what are we going to do, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is pretty scary to go to a doctor and leave that doctor's office and that doctor has looked you in the eye and say, you have diabetes, you have type 2 diabetes, you have a cancer growing here, you are definitely hypertensive, you have all these things. We have to leave the doctor's office with that diagnosis knowing that the same guy or woman that gave us that diagnosis cannot cure us. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. All right. That's a whole different mindset right there. That's a Mm -hmm. whole different mindset. Yes. Well, we'll take a short break, Dr. Eagle. When we come back, let's find out uh, what we can do if we cannot have our doctors step in after the diagnosis and bring us healing and cure that we need so bad. What are we supposed to do? Modern medicine has limitations. What are they? How can we depend on something that can't help us? We really can, but there are limitations to that dependence. And we'll talk about that on our return. So everybody stay right where you are. I felt that I was living a healthy lifestyle, but I was starting to uh, have a few problems that I attributed to aging. I did not consider myself obese, but I had gained 40 pounds over a period of about 25 years. My cholesterol was raising, my blood pressure was beginning to creep up, I was on medication, a series of medications for lowering my cholesterol, but the condition that affected my lifestyle the most was the osteoarthritis in my knees. I had very limited mobility and limited range of motion, constant pain, and this was affecting the interaction with my grandchildren. When I first began making changes through the CHIP program, pounds began to melt off right away. Inflammation and other symptoms of my osteoarthritis in my knees just disappeared. I was able to eliminate medication that I was taking for cholesterol. I felt so much better, had so much energy, and I truly believe I was healthier than I was in my 40s. CHIP has given me a second chance for an active life and a long life. I'm really looking forward to being an active part of my grandchildren's lives as they grow, and I've chosen to be healthy for the rest of my life. Are you ready to be healthy for the rest of your life? Visit chiphealth.com to begin your journey. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Our guest today is Dr. Hans Deal. He is the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. We're talking about modern medicine today, which at first blush seems like a very good thing when we have diseases and sicknesses, but we're discovering. Dr. Deal is telling us, and he wrote it in in an article that he has in the book, Rethink Health. It's the number one chapter in the book, and it is receiving a lot of attention these days. He's saying that modern medicine, as great as it is, as wonderful as it is, as wondrous as it is, has limitations, and those limitations are causing a lot of people to lose their life. They are depending on modern medicine to step in and do something for them, but modern medicine is, as he says, impotent, unable to respond, and those diseases include diabetes, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, uh, hypertension, stroke, atherosclerosis. We're talking about the major killers of our society affecting two-thirds of us. We are having problems here because modern medicine cannot step in and help us. Now, Dr. Deal, of course, some people are going to say, well, look, 
diabetes, cancers, obesity, hypertension, heart disease. These just happen as you get older. My grandfather had them. My dad had them when he was 65 years old. I'm heading in that direction. What can you do? It's going to happen no matter what, right? Yeah, you see, when it comes to these chronic diseases, that's where we really experience those limitations of modern high-tech medicine. When it comes to these diseases, people oftentimes have this idea that, yeah, you know, we didn't live that long 100 years ago, and people didn't have these diseases because they're disease of old age, right? I mean, cancer happens later in life, heart disease happens later in life, diabetes happens when you're 50, 60 years of age. Um, And so they think, well, you know, it's it's an age thing. And then the other thing is that they say, well, it runs in my family, so it's a genetic thing. I can't do anything about it, right? So they shrug their shoulder and say, hey, there's nothing we can do. It's fatalistic thinking. Okay, right? sirrah, sirrah. <laughs> what will be, will be. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, what we need to think about is that um, we are seeing uh, these uh, degenerative diseases. We're seeing them now at younger and younger ages. Mm. So this is not something that happens when you're 70 years of age. We have now diabetics of the common kind, which we used to see 30, 40 years ago at the age of 60 with obesity combined. We now see them in in 30-year-olds and in 20-year-olds, even in 16-year-old teenagers that are overweight, we see diabetes. So this is not really a disease of old age. Heart disease, we see heart disease now in 30 and 40, 50-year-old people. When it comes to hypertension, you know, we see hypertension now in 20 years old, in 30 year olds. When it comes to cholesterol, uh, you know, now some people are talking about we should put some of these statin drugs uh, to lower cholesterol into the water so that kids uh, two years of age at risk (laughs) may benefit from them. I mean, this is not an old age disease syndrome. Uh, This uh, happens now younger and younger. So the idea that these are diseases of old age and we live longer today and therefore we have them is not really uh, a very accurate Mm. assessment, okay? Obviously, age does contribute to it, but not as much as we thought it would. And then it comes to the genetic thing. We now begin to understand that uh, uh, there's a concept of epigenetics, which means that the lifestyle is probably more important than the genetic predisposition that a person may have, we now believe that probably only 5% or less of the chronic disease are related to genetic factors or predispositions because we understand now we can turn off the expression of the genetics that perhaps puts us at higher risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these two things, fortunately, are not true. We don't have to be fatalistic and thinking we are doomed because it runs in my family. We're doomed because I'm getting older. So that's good news, right? That certainly is. But instead, what we have seen is that modern epidemiology, these are the science that looks at different disease rates in different countries and then asks the questions, hey, how come we didn't have these diseases uh, then and now they're emerging? How come in the United States uh, we didn't have that much diabetes type 2 in 1970 and then all of a sudden began to rise very rapidly. These are the questions that uh, modern epidemiology asks and says, why is this? What has happened? What has changed? So that we begin to unravel the mystery of these emerging diseases. And you know, it was Dr. Dennis Burkett that in the 1990s, he was a famous physician, and he traveled the world and he said, uh, you know, probably the largest and most important medical discovery of the last 20 some years, he said that in 1992 is the fact 
that we are now discovering that most of our modern killer diseases, he called them Western diseases, mm-hmm. are actually lifestyle related. And he said, if they relate to our lifestyle, how we eat and drink and sleep and exercise and so on and smoke, if these diseases are related to our lifestyle, then we can turn that lifestyle around and we should probably be able to prevent yes. and reverse these chronic yes. diseases. I mean, he was a prophetic voice out there. See? Yeah. And that's what we're beginning to realize now, that we can do something about this disease, but it has to be done by us in conjunction with good, responsible, enlightened medicine. Now, you used a magic word just a few sentences ago. You said the word why. And I think that every patient, everyone listening to this program, you and me and everyone who has an ear listening to this show right now, needs to start asking that question Why? Why am I like this? Why do I have diabetes? Why do I have cancer? Why don't I feel good? Why do I have a hard time walking up hills? If we simply go to the doctor and say, here's my problem, fix it, and never ask why, we will continue with that problem until the day we die. We need to start asking why. Am I on the right track here, Dr. Deal? Yeah, absolutely right. And you see, unfortunately, uh, in in medicine, we are trained to uh, treat disease, which means apply the proper medication, which is oftentimes uh, highlighted by the pharmaceutical industry, and to provide uh, procedures that need to be done, like surgeries, which, again, have a... There's a bias in favor of these procedures because there's an industrial complex that stands behind that. Yeah. So there's sometimes also, you know, profiteering uh, aspects that creep into the noble profession of practicing medicine. Yeah, we ask what? The doctors ask what? We ask what? What is this? What can I do? We need to start asking why. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you see, one of the big contributors to these chronic diseases has to do with our circulatory system. Hmm. You know, most people are certainly stunned when they hear that the average person, you know, the person has about 60,000 miles of blood vessels. <laughs> Man, it's a lot of per, blood per vessels. Per person. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. And of course, many of them are, you know, much uh, smaller and, and thinner than the thickness of a hair. Mm-hmm. But the major vessels, the arteries that are there, uh, they are subject to a narrowing process where there's a buildup on the inside consisting of uh, cholesterol and certain fats and calcium. And it causes these arteries to narrow down and to harden. They become very um, they become brittle. Mm-hmm. And so as the arteries become hardened and narrowed, the blood can no longer flow as easily through these narrowed vessels and bring the nutrients like oxygen and all the different nutrients and so on. And there are probably uh, tens of thousands of these that we recognize now yes. to the different organs. And the organs now begin to deteriorate. We sometimes think of degenerative diseases have to do with age. Mm -hmm. No, they degenerate because of an inadequate optimal nutrition to the different uh, cells and cell groups and organs in the body. And so we need to begin to think now in terms of what's causing the narrowing of these arteries. Why are arteries, uh, by the time a person is 20 years of age in America, why are these arteries 20% narrowed? Mm. Why is it that a 45-year-old man usually has about 50% of some of the areas and some of the arteries like the coronary arteries or the arteries to the brain or the arteries for men to the sex organ? Why are these arteries narrowing down and thus leading to some chronic disease, inadequate 
circulation, inadequate blood flow to these arteries. And, send, and then, of course, when you have narrowed arteries, what happens next is that the heart will have to pump much harder to get the blood through these narrowed and stiffened arteries. Mm. So hypertension is directly related to that. See, these are all then interrelated. When you have this atherosclerosis as a very insidious uh, contributor to our modern killer diseases, then you have to look at where does it hit. Yeah. Yeah. You see, yeah. if if it hits the coronary arteries, uh, then you have to think of angina pain and you have to think of uh, heart attacks. If it hits the vessels that are bringing blood to the uh, to the brain, mm-hmm. then you have to worry about a cerebral infarction or a stroke, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When it affects the vessels that are bringing uh, nutrients to the vital brain tissue or restore data, then you have to think of in terms of it can contribute to senility and memory loss, right? The same thing is true, the arteries to the ear, then you have to worry about hearing impairment, the arteries to the eye, then you have to worry about visual losses. When it comes to the uh, male sex organ, then you have to worry about impotence and erectile dysfunction. When it affects the vessels to the leg, you have to worry about intermittent claudications, and on and on and on. Therefore, if we really want to combat these chronic diseases successfully, we have to combat the uh, diminishment in the circulatory integrity. It's not encumbered by being narrowing processes that are hard in the arteries. That is the issue. But these kind of processes uh, cannot just be taken care of uh, surgically. Oh, I mean, we have some narrowing to the coronary arteries. We can do a bypass. We can do a stent. And it buys some time. But, you know, they all close up yeah. uh, again uh, and oftentimes in short order. Uh, for instance, if you have a stent, you have about 50% of these stents no longer functioning within uh, 6 to 12 months. Mm-hmm. And so you do them again and again and again. So we need to begin to recognize that if we want to be successful with the modern killer diseases, with these chronic diseases, which consume 84% of our American healthcare budget, we need to really become aware that we have to work with our medical care system to make lifestyle changes. And hopefully we can do it in such a way that we can do it in groups and seminars mm-hmm. because no physician can spend you know, an hour on helping people to understand what they need to do. Even if physicians were trained in education of the cause of these diseases. You know, there's a picture that I saw recently on the Internet. A group of people went up to the new World Trade Center, and they took high-definition pictures of the entire Manhattan Island. Beautiful, beautiful picture. It was all all legal and all the, sanctioned by the World Trade people and all. And I noticed something about Manhattan. It has a lot of bridges that comes across uh, from New Jersey and other from Brooklyn. All these bridges come across, and it feeds Manhattan all the essentials it needs. It brings in the food. It brings in the, the nutrients of life. It, it takes out the trash. If we clog those bridges, which we're doing to our bodies, if we're clogging mm-hmm. our arteries, do you think it would be wise for us just to build new bridges across from New Jersey into Manhattan? How about cleaning out the bridge that is there? Which would be cheaper? Which would be more efficient? Which would make more sense? So I'm thinking, like the picture, we need to just make sure that our arteries are cleared out instead of having this bypass and the stents and everything. Let's unclog the bridges. Am I on the right track here, Dr. Deal? Uh, that's a great idea. I mean, this is what we need to discuss maybe next time when we talk about uh, not the limitations of modern medicine, which is high tech. Yes. 
which could do some wonderful things, but it doesn't really help us with chronic disease. Maybe we need to talk about the opportunities that we now begin to recognize in modern medicine to move towards education, empowerment, uh, motivation, and uh, cultural transformation. We're going to do that on our next program, so be sure to tune in for that. We're going to unclog some bridges next time with Dr. Hans Deal. Our website is up and running for you. We have lots of good resources there for you to enjoy. Also, you can find out if there's a CHIP program coming near you. That website is chiphealth.com, chiphealth.com. Check it out. Dr. Deal, thank you so much for being with us today. Always appreciate your words of wisdom, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org. 3ABN.org.